As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. This is Wednesday night. And tonight we're going to continue talking about pastoral ministry. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed last night. Did you guys have a good time last night? I really enjoyed it, Rick. I'm sorry I talked the whole time, but I was just trying to get all those points in. I'm sorry, Denise. It was great, honey. And I think that we covered a really a lot because your teaching was so excellent. And then there was encouragement to encourage your pastor. That's really important. It is. Pastors are important. You know, I've had <clears throat> several pastors in my life. I had my childhood pastor. He impacted me. My very first pastor was a great example of a pastor. My second pastor was Dr. Bennett. And Dr. Bennett was God's hand to correct me. Ay, ay, ay. You know, here we have these shepherd staff. <laughs> I brought three again tonight as examples. One end of the shepherd staff is to grab the sheep that are in trouble and pull them out of trouble. The other end is used to get them in line if they get out of line. And boy, God used Dr. Bennett more on this end than on this end in my life. And he was really the rod of God in my life. I needed him. And we had a third pastor, Bob Yandian. And I didn't really sit under Bob a lot because we were traveling all the time. But Pastor Bob was really a voice into my life, and he is still a friend in my life. And to this day, I still call him Pastor Bob, even though he is not pastoring. And today, Denise, you and I are officially members of Eagle Mountain Church. Yes. With pastors George and Terry Pearson. Yes. We believe in pastors. Pastors are important, and we need to know what the Bible says about pastors and be thankful for our pastors. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. But anyway, last night was good. Maxine, we're glad that you're here. I'm happy to be here. Well, I brought these three shepherd staffs. Here's this, here's this very unusual one. Look at the top of that. I've never seen a hook like that. This is a real shepherd staff. It is very old. It is from the Southern Caucasus and the former Soviet Union from Georgia. And this is the one that was personally made for me. It's even got my initials on it. But tonight, we're going to go back to the subject of pastoral ministry, and I want you to have the free download. It's a study guide. Just go to renner.org. You'll see right there on the site how you can get it. It's free, so please get it. It's for you. We put a lot of work into this, and there's a series that goes with it, and I told you last night this would be a great gift for your pastor. Now, if you order it for your pastor, don't say, Pastor, you need to hear this so you'll do a better job. Hmm. Don't do that. If you get it for your pastor, say, Pastor, you're doing such an awesome job. I think this will encourage you in what you're doing. Encourage your pastor. It could be someone in children's ministry, youth ministry, elderly ministry. There's all kinds of pastoral ministry. This would be a great gift to give them. Or if you just know anybody called into the ministry, hey, it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or not. We're all responsible for people. People are what it's all about. It's not about us. It's about the people that God has called us to help. And if God has called you to help people, this would be good for you as well. It would be great for anybody. And we're also offering you my book, which is called Chosen by God. If you've not ordered yours, please order yours right now. Just go to our website and you can get yours. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. You can send us your email at prayerrenner.org or you can call us 1-800-742-5593. It would be our pleasure to hear from you and to know how we can pray with you and for you, and we really will. 
And we also want to welcome Maxime tonight. Hey, Maxime. I'm thankful to be here. And Pastor Rick, your teaching is so good. Maxime, so thank you. To be here. Maxime, thank you. I well, you've heard it all because when we work in Russia, you're right there with me. You're the other half of my voice. And thank you, Maxime. Thank you. You're a blessing. Thank you. But hey, open your Bible to Ephesians 4, verse 11, which is our anchor verse for what we're discussing this week. And when you go to Ephesians 4, 11, Paul is writing about Jesus. And he says, and he gave some apostles. Do you know what the Greek says? He gave some indeed. There's no question about it. He gave some indeed to be apostles. Some, they're not on every street corner. They're rare. They are gifts to the church. He gave some indeed, not an abundance of them, but some indeed. He did give them prophets. He gave some indeed evangelists. Oh, I can hardly wait until we do a whole week on the ministry of the evangelists. And he gave some pastors and teachers. But now we're looking at the ministry of pastors, and we've seen that this word pastor is the Greek word poimen. It's very interesting. There are three words in the New Testament that are connected. They all share the same root. The word pastor, the word feed, and the word flock. They all come from the same root. Isn't that something? Yeah. And it tells us that a pastor's job is to feed, and he is to feed the flock. But actually, this word pastor in Greek, the word poimen, would be better translated shepherd. And he gave some to be shepherds. Well, you know, Denise and I live in the former Soviet Union, and because of that, sometimes we see shepherds. And we see them right out in the middle of the sheep. They are something to see. Right in the middle of their flock, overseeing their flock, counting their flock. And by the way, the word poimen, the word shepherd, it shares a root with the same word that means to count, to know what is the quantity, to know what is the number. There's nothing wrong with counting your sheep. You need to know if they're all there. You need to know who's missing. You need to have, know, have some kind of a system to know if someone's been lost along the way. <coughs> but the word pastor, the Greek word poimen, is the word for a shepherd, and it pictures one who tends, rules, governs, feeds, guards, guides, and protects a flock. Now, Denise, that's a huge job description. That's huge. Anybody who's expected by God to do all those things needs to be prayed for and supported. It's amazing. And we covered last night seven duties of a shepherd for his sheep. Let's go over them again. Are you guys ready? Number one, a shepherd must know the state of his sheep or his congregation. Every good shepherd knows the state of his sheep. Number two, he must know how to nourish, feed, and reprove the sheep and to bring them into a state of spiritual soundness. We saw from Ezekiel chapter 34 that sometimes sheep get into strange pastures. A pastor has a responsibility, a spiritual shepherd has a responsibility to bring them back in, make sure they're eating good, be nourished correctly. Number three, he knows how to rescue and restore sheep that have fallen into sin. When you deal with people, you deal with those who make mistakes. And you know what? When you're a pastor, you can't be judgmental because even pastors make mistakes. I can't be judgmental of anybody. God has shown so much mercy and goodness and kindness and forgiveness to me, and it really gives me a heart to show the same with those that are struggling. 
And when people have fallen into sin, never be in a rush to judge. Be in a rush to help. When you're a pastor, you have a responsibility to rescue them and to bring them out of sin and get them back into the flock. It's a very merciful ministry. A pastor has to know how to find the sheep that have been driven away. And Denise, we talked last night that people are driven away for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes they've really been legitimately hurt. Sometimes they just have a misperception. Maybe they're not mature enough to understand something. It doesn't really matter why they got, they were driven away. Well, regardless of why, a pastor can never say, good riddance, glad they're gone. A person with a pastoral heart says, we need to find that person. Even if they're offended for wrong reasons, we need to find them, we need to get them, we need to help them come back into the fold. That has to be the heart of a pastor. Next we saw that a pastor needs to know how to bring the sheep back into the fold that is strayed into strange pastors. We've already talked about that. A pastor has to know how to oppose and expel wolves that have entered into the flock and is dividing the sheep from one another and taking the sheep away from God. And by the way, it takes real skill. It takes real skill and real wisdom to deal with a wolf that has gotten into the middle of the church. If you don't deal with it right, you can divide the whole church. You have to know how to do it. Pray for your pastor. He has a great spiritual responsibility. And then we saw that a pastor needs to know how to preach, explain, and defend truth for the sheep because the shepherd's primary responsibility is to what? Feed the flock of God that is among them. And that's what we're going to see tonight in Acts chapter 20. So let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 20. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. In Miletus, which is a city south of Ephesus, there was a stadium. And Paul went there to meet with the elders of Ephesus. He could no longer go to Ephesus because he'd been driven out of Ephesus. And he went down to Miletus. I always say that if a door closes, look for a window. There's a way to do your ministry. You may have to get creative, but there's a way. And the door closed for Paul to go to Ephesus, so he looked for a window. And he found the window in Miletus, which was not far from Ephesus. And he called for the Ephesian elders to come see him. He couldn't go there, so they came to see him. He had a convocation with the elders of Ephesus. And we're going to read what he said to them tonight in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Listen to what he says to those with pastoral responsibility. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. You see, there it is again. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. But notice the very first thing he said to those with pastoral responsibility he said, take heed therefore to yourselves and then to all the flock. He didn't say take heed to the flock and to yourselves. He said, take heed to yourselves first. And the word take heed is a Greek word, pros echo. The word pros echo means to really pay attention, to get a grip on something being said, to really focus on something. And really in this verse, he's saying, get a grip on yourself. Focus on yourself. Pay attention to yourself. And this is what I want to say to you. If you have care of other people, if you have care of children, if you have care of your spouse, if you have a care of elderly parents, if you have care of people at work, if you're over anybody at church, if you're a pastor or in any supervisory position, 
If you don't take care of you first, it won't be long until you will not be able to take care of others. You have to get a grip on yourself. Amen, Denise? Amen. And I think one mistake of those with pastoral responsibility is we're so concerned about others, 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 that we don't take care of us. And as a result, we run out of steam and we don't have anything to give others. And you have to learn that you have to deal with you first. You've got to get a grip on yourself. You have to regularly be feeding yourself or you won't have anything to feed others. If I'm not growing, I can't help you grow. If I'm not learning, I can't help you learn. I have to, number one, get a grip on me if I'm going to help you. Denise? Well, it's absolutely the truth. You can't give what you don't have. And if you, and you know, if, if all you have is something old, well, the, people don't need something old. They need something fresh. If I gave you an old sandwich from three days ago, you wouldn't want to eat it. If I gave you some water that's sitting out on the cabinet for an, an, a week, you wouldn't want to drink it. And, and the Holy Spirit, and it's actually an insult to the Holy Spirit because he is so living and alive and powerful. And he wants to stir our waters every single day. And that something fresh from him comes out of us every mm. single day. And for a pastor, a shepherd to not give something fresh it's almost an insult. But honey, he can't give something fresh unless he's receiving something. Unless he has it. And so taking care of other people is what it's all about. Think how many times you and I have had a talk. And I've said, Denise, it's not about us. I can't even count the times I've said that. It's not about us. Doesn't matter if our face is on the camera or, or on the book or whatever it is. It's about the people reading, watching. It's about others. But if we are not self-feeding Right. We're not going to have anything to give. And that's what Paul is saying to these elders. Think what a merciful statement this was. And I want to tell you also that if you're in a responsibility of taking care of others, you need to surround yourself with others that are also growing. I'm looking at Maxime sitting here on the set tonight. Maxime, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. Maxime, I helped Maxime learn how to read the Greek New Testament. And Maxime and I sit down together and we compare notes. We challenge each other. In fact, just yesterday we were talking about the word shepherd. What does the word shepherd really mean? We dug real deep together. And it was really good for me. Maxime kind of provoked me to look at something a little differently. And he and I dug in deep together. You need to be around people that will help you grow. And I hope that home group is that for you. That every pastor needs to be self-feeding and he needs to be fed by others. But it's very intentional. You've got to get a grip on yourself. Our son, Joel, he is such an example on this. Joel is reading, 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 reading. He doesn't actually have physical books in his hands, but because he's in the car for hours and hours and hours, he's listening to audio books. He calls it reading. I'm telling you, Joel is amazing. And because of what Joel's taking into him, he is emerging as a phenomenal leader. But Paul says to the shepherds, to the elders, get a grip on yourself, focus on yourself, and then he says, to all the flock. Now there's something really important here. Because when he says all, <laughs> it is the Greek word panty. It's a great word for all of us. 
The word pan means all. It's all-encompassing. The word T describes a minute, minuscule detail. When you put the two words together, it's all-inclusive. It means all the flock, every single member of the flock. It is all-inclusive, everybody, whether you like them or not, regardless of who they are, whether they're your favorites or not your favorites. In other words, when you're called to pastoral ministry, you're called to lead all the flock, not just the ones that you like. Everybody in that congregation. That's really important. Because you tend to gravitate toward people that you like or people that are supportive and kind of navigate away from the people that are negative. But if they're in your church, you have a responsibility to help them whether they're enjoyable or not. I think it's really important. You know, we have a person in our Moscow congregation who can be a little bit difficult. And boy, Denise and I have had so many talks about this individual, but we love this individual, and they are in our church. And by God's grace, we're going to do everything we can to help that person. We love that individual. God brought them to us, and we have a responsibility to help that individual. And when you have any kind of a pastoral responsibility or a responsibility for people, it's for everybody in your flock. And guess what? Here we go again. The word flock is from the root for the word shepherd, the word poimen, those whom you are obligated to feed. You just can't get away from it. That's the responsibility of a pastor. His job is to feed all the flock. And then notice this next statement, Denise, in verse 28, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Hath made is a Greek word, tithemi, which means to fix, affix, to put in position. And here we find the Holy Spirit positions people to be pastors. It is the Holy Spirit that made me a pastor. It is not just the decision of men, and I'm going to answer to the Holy Spirit for the way that I do my job. Every pastor has to live with that at the forefront of his mind. I'm going to answer to the Holy Spirit for how I speak the Word of God, how I teach, how I feed, what I say, what I do. I'm going to answer to the Holy Spirit. He is the one that put me in this position. Now, maybe men signed the document. Maybe men laid hands, but really it was the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul says in this verse, over which the Holy Spirit hath made you, what? Overseers. That's also very important about pastoral ministry. Pastoral ministry is overseeing ministry, and it is the Greek word episkopos. The word epi means over. The word skopos means to look. It's where you get the word for a microscope, a telescope, skopos. You put it together, the word overseer, one that looks over. And the Greek word really means one that has oversight. To administrate or to manage, it depicts a supervisory position, one whose responsibility is to guide, direct, and to give oversight, which emphatically means the pastor is not expected to do everything in the church. But he is the chief overseer of the church. He is to manage the church, administrate the church, and make sure that everything gets done. Now, Denise, when you and I were growing up, 
we grew up in a denominational church, smaller churches, where we kind of had the idea that the pastor was supposed to do everything. The pastor was to visit the sick in the hospital. The pastor was supposed to go to the nursing home. The pastor was to knock on doors and do visitation. The pastor was supposed to be an evangelist. The pastor was to be the song leader or the piano player, if he could play the piano. If, and it wasn't him, it was his wife that was supposed to be the organist or the pianist. The pastor was like supposed to do everything. And people would even say, boy, we, we have a really good pastor. He just does everything. They kind of judged the pastor by how much he was doing. It's an impossible task. That's how you wear people out. A pastor is an overseer. If I'm doing everything in the church, then I'm failing as a leader. My job is to empower other people to do their ministries. I'm robbing them of their abilities. A pastor's job is to be an empower, an overseer, a manager, an administrator. He doesn't do everything, but he makes sure that everything is being done. Denise? Well, it's important to give that kind of leadership because if you try to do everything yourself, then you don't give anybody else an opportunity to do anything. And if you don't give anybody else an opportunity to do anything, then they don't get to express what's in the gifts and callings that are inside of them. Excuse me, because you're being so controlling that they cannot bloom and flourish. And that would cause, speaking of keeping your sheep healthy, that would cause your sheep to get sick because what's inside of them is not coming out of them. That's Mm -hmm. not healthy. And usually that happens for different kinds of fear, fear that they're not going to do it right or fear that I'm going to lose control. Just got to get over that. It's like your kids. If you do everything for your kids until they're adults, you're going to raise kids that are not prepared for life. You have to begin releasing responsibility to your kids. You just have to let them make mistakes. You have to let them grow, explore, learn, develop. It's the same when you're a pastor. You have to let people develop their gifts. Maxine? Uh, May I say something different? I I just wanted to say it. uh, When you were talking about the word poimen, and it comes from the Greek word to count, I couldn't help but think about those moments when you and I are on the stage and we're about to start preaching, and you look at our, we have big church in Moscow, huge congregation, and you look at the people and you ask me, "Have have you seen such and such person lately? And if I tell you no, you tell me, I want you to find them this week, find out how they're doing. And it's amazing. You're really doing it. And it amazes me how in the middle of preaching almost, you think about whom you have seen and whom you have not seen lately in church. You're a great example. And what you're teaching is so Well, Maxine, thank you. I just have to tell you, my mother taught me more about pastoral ministry than anybody. My mother was and is amazing. Her care of people. Uh, Jesus, thank you for my mother. My mother just taught me to love people, and I'm grateful for my mother. Anyway, let's go on. It says that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to do what? To feed, to feed the flock of God. That word feed is from the same root for a shepherd, for the word flock. The word feed, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be giving the word of God into people's lives That's what's going to make a difference, of course, mixed with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But then look again at verse 28. To feed the church of God. See that word church? It's the Greek word ekklesia. Now what I'm about to tell you is really important. The word ekklesia was the word used in Athens 
And that's where the New Testament writers got it, not a doubt about it. To describe a very privileged and distinguished group of individuals who were summoned together, they were flawed people, they were just people, but they were chosen, they were elected, they were called, those are all New Testament words, and they formed the ecclesia, it's where we get the word church, but in Athens, it was an assembly that made decisions that affected the whole atmosphere of the city. That's what the church is. The church is people that are called, they're elected, they're summoned. God has called us together. And even though we are imperfect, we are washed in the blood of Jesus. And our call is to change every city. Why am I making a point of this? Because we have to remember that we're not just dealing with people, we're dealing with the ecclesia of God. We are dealing with the church. There is no group of people more notable, more honorable, more prestigious than the church. <coughs> and Paul says in this verse to these with pastoral ministry, never forget, you're not just dealing with people, you're dealing with God's people. You're dealing with the church. It is a privilege. It is an honor to have any kind of a leadership responsibility for the church. And that's why he goes on to say, which he hath purchased with his own blood. These are blood-bought people. And the word purchased in Greek is very, very unusual. Maxime, it is peripoieo. I mean, that is a strange word. The word peri means around. The word poieo means to do. But when you put the two words together, it means making a comprehensive purchase, everything about it. It is a total purchase, everything about it. Jesus gave his own blood to purchase those people and everything about them. Mm. It's a comprehensive purchase and bring them into the church of the living God. Mm. I remember very, very early in our ministry, oh, it just seemed that from time to time, I'm talking about 30 years ago, we were dealing with difficult people and I made a decision when I was dealing with a difficult person, just to visually see in my mind a big B on their forehead for the word blood. I was dealing with a blood-bought person. This is not a difficult person. This is a blood-bought person. This is a person that was bought with the blood of Jesus. And even though I may not always enjoy this individual, this is a blood-bought individual and they deserve my highest respect. You know, that really made a difference in my life. It kind of fixed something in my mind to always remember you're not just dealing with people, you're dealing with the church, blood-bought people. That's who God has called us to serve, Denise. Can you believe we're out of time? I know. I can hardly wait to come back tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we're going to continue. It's going to be great. But if you have a prayer request, please write us prayer at renner.org. Or you can call us 1-800-742-5593. We really want to hear from you and to know how to pray for you. <clears throat> and we're so glad that you've been with us. And Father, we thank you for the pastors that you've placed in our lives. Strengthen them, Lord, and help us to encourage them in their ministry to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Amen. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.